your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday, May 25th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore. FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked on NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by the Crosscheck NHL show. We've got a new podcast that will get you hockey smart. The Crosscheck podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So the Florida Panthers return home after dropping the first two games at home with a capacity of just under 10,000, 9.6K around there. The Florida Panthers increase capacity and the Florida Panthers find a way to live to see another day with their 4-1 victory against the cross-state rival Tampa Bay Lightning. And here to break down that game is a frequent guest on the show. It is Frank Rikas. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm doing well. It's, it's great to not drop another game at home. It's great to see some fight in this team and see that they were just not going to let the Tampa Bay Lightning stomp on them like they did in game four. Uh, I had a lot of confidence going into this game. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really, I had a really good feeling about it. And, uh, obviously the end result is exactly what we wanted. Now we can go to Tampa with some momentum, hopefully win game six, bring it back home for game seven. And man, anything can happen in one of those. Absolutely. And let's get right into it. The news of the day, the news of the last. 24 to 48 hours since Sunday, the day after game six, there was so much speculation. There was Spencer Knight in the starters crease in practice, Coach Q not making anything official. And there was something that Coach Q usually says is you're on the right track, but he changed the wording in this one when people asked him about Spencer Knight. I, I don't know the exact wording but he didn't use you're on the right track he used something similar so he was trying to tease the reporters and the fans on who he was going to put in net they went out in the morning skate with i believe rob tallis in in gear so he he, coach q was just playing with our feelings all along but i i get it it's a little bit of uh playing a little bit of the game with not announcing it and trying to put the tampa bay lightning in not trying to show your hand to the other team as well so originally i wasn't in favor of putting them in you weren't neither 
No. But now, now that we got a game under our belt, and we kind of came around even before this start even happened. So, what are your thoughts after now after this game is over and you see this four-one win? I mean, what an impressive game by this kid. Uh, what did he stop like after the first goal? Like thirty-seven consecutive shots or thirty-six consecutive shots? And it, yeah, and you would see him during the stoppage of play smiling. I mean, what a confident young man to come into this pressure cooker and give the performance that he gave. He didn't look rattled. He never looked like he was nervous, played very, very confidently. I mean, I got to hand it to Quenville for having the faith to do this, but let's face it. He needed to do something. He had it. He had to pull a rabbit out. And I guess this was the rabbit and, you know, now you got to ride this kid for the rest of the postseason. As long as we're in it, he's the goalie. Yeah, and the continuous theme of when you win a game, you don't make much lineup changes. And Spencer Knight, you know, maybe the nerves got into him a little bit, but hey, that breakaway goal by Ross Colton on that breakaway by that was off the sideboards by Cole, Blake Coleman and was beat. He beat Yandel on that one and not Spencer Knight's fault, but no, he could have easily cracked under pressure after that. And, but this guy stayed composed. And like you said, 36 straight shots after that, the Florida Panthers played so well in front of him. And something we talked about, that I talked about on this podcast and something we talked about on the chat is it sent a message across the team. What do you think of the message that it sent to the team? I think it's that, you know, listen, uh, this kid deserves a chance. Our goaltending has been a problem. We need someone to make a save. You two guys haven't been making those saves. Our defense needs to play better. So I'm going to put this young man in there and we expect everybody to just step up their game. I think everybody played really, really well tonight. Um, you know, Barkov looked much, much better than he did the last couple of games. Vetrano had a really nice game. And, uh, man, one of my favorites is this Mason Marchman kid. I just really, really like him. And for all the crap he gets for being on the first line, I think, honestly, that's the perfect spot for him. I really, really like him a lot. And He's got some grit. He's got a little bit of a scoring touch. Uh, and he's just kind of all over the place. And I just I just like him. I just like him. And that was a crucial goal that he scored. Mm -hmm. And a few months ago when Mason Marchment was placed on the top line with Barkoff and Verhage, you compared him to another player from the time that Coach Hugh was in Chicago. Do you want to talk a little bit about a player comp? He just kind of reminded me of a Brandon Saad. Um, you know, he's still got a long way to go to be an equal to Brandon Saad. But at the time when uh, Saad was, you know, coming into the, the game himself and he was put on a top line with uh, Jonathan Taves and Marion Hosa, for the most part, those were the, you know, that was that line. And I see a lot of similarities in them right now. Um, you know, and he can create some space. He's good along the boards. Uh, he's got some speed. And I just, 
see some some comparables there. And uh, like I said, he's got a long way to go uh, to be a Brandon Saad, but uh, Q likes that type of forward on the top line. Uh, and I think you need that up there. Nothing was you know, wrong with Duclair. Duclair was playing very well you know, up there, but this just creates a little bit of a different element. And now you're not really sure how to defend that. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computers, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. 
Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And let's talk about Duclair for a little bit, where towards the end of the first of the second period, I believe, Duclair has a great poke check in the Panther zone that results in the loose puck in the neutral zone. And he uses his speed to draw the penalty on Luke Shen and draw that power play at the 1901 mark in the second period. The Florida Panthers have one minute and two seconds left on the power play heading into the third period. And one thing that was really important heading into this third period was setting the tone early and getting that early goal right off the bat. And look what happened. Patrick Hornquist on a deflection. He was knocked down by, I believe, Victor Hedman right in front of the net. And the best thing that could have happened to Patrick Hornquist was being knocked down and on the Barkov shot, it was deflected in. And at that point, it was game over at, at, yep. at that point of the game. Yeah, that was such a crucial play. Uh, Hornquist, you know, camped out in his office, so to speak, and in front of the net. Um, just everything was clicking. And, you know, the Panthers really could have wilted after that first goal uh, that Tampa scored early in the game. I mean, the arena got very quiet. Uh, the announcers got a little, I think, uh, Goldie and Moeller were a little concerned, you know, because that is not the way you wanted to start this game out. And I didn't get the feeling, though, that Tampa kind of turned it up too much. Um, I think they just kind of maybe coasted a little bit and didn't really apply a lot of pressure. And honestly, I thought that the Panthers controlled the play uh, for the most part in the first period. Seems like the ice was tilted in their favor. So uh, just everything worked tonight. Everything was everything was going very, very well. And that first goal game with the, in the first 53 seconds. So for 59 minutes and seven seconds, the Lightning had literally no answers. And think about this. The Florida Panthers only gave up two power play opportunities to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And what's one thing that we've preached and that many Panther fans have preached and screamed to the heavens before even game five that the Florida Panthers have had to do is stay out of the damn box. And even on their one power play that the Tampa Bay Lightning had, it was only eight seconds worth of power play because the majority of that time was four on four. So if you really look at it, the, the Lightning only had really a power play and then eight seconds of another. So there are opportunities there when you actually don't commit penalties and limit them then great things happen. They played very smart. They didn't do anything stupid. They were still able to play uh, an aggressive style. They didn't back down, that's for sure. Uh, But there was none of the stupid, idiotic, dumb stuff that we've seen in the previous uh, four games. And for all the complaining, for lack of a more (laughs) intense word, that John Cooper did, uh, I mean, this was actually a very decently played um, hockey game. You still had some physicality. You still had a little bit of rough stuff, but nothing got out of hand. And I think that's, you know, what everybody wanted to see. These are two really good teams. I think the Panthers have stood up very, very well. It's three games to two. Honestly, this game, I think this is coming back for a game seven. I, I, I have faith that the Florida Panthers can, and 
they they've won in Tampa Bay three times already. So I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. But in in this one, the Tampa Bay Lightning started with. It's funny because in the second and third period, in the first period, they got 22 shots on goal. Spencer Knight actually in the first period with his 21 saves got the second most saves in a period in Panthers postseason history. And the Tampa Bay Lightning outshot Florida 22 to 15 to start the game. And after that, they only had 15 shots on goal the rest of the way. So incredible, yeah. right? They, they really tightened up. Uh, I noticed that there were a few times when, like, Stamkos had the puck. All these red sweaters are on top of them. Uh, the defense just overall, the entire team defense played very, very well. And I think you mentioned it at some point um, in the third period about how well that uh, the forechecking was and how much pressure the forwards were putting on Tampa in their zone. And what that does, obviously, is help stop any breakouts, help uh, contain uh, Tampa in their own zone, and really just kept them um, at bay. And that was just a solid, solid effort. Absolutely. And every time you saw... Every time, every especially in the third period, every time the Tampa Bay Lightning were near the sideboards, you saw the Florida Panthers just quickly drawing that way and just making a hit, going up against the boards and then just going the other way and not allowing the Tampa Bay Lightning to spend a lot of time in the Panthers zone. And it, it, it's incredible. And Huberto, who has two three-point games already in this series, got another two points. One of them was a Secondary assists. I believe both of them were secondary assists. I'm going to double check on that one. And Barkov had two primary assists. Mm -hmm. The beautiful beat to Marchment. You saw how the Tampa Bay Lightning were puck watching Barkov that nobody picked up Mason Marchment on that one. That little dangle behind the net that he did. And then the back, the backhand pass. And then Marchment just one times it in perfection. Mm hmm. And by the way, uh, Huberto has one had one primary assist, and the other one was a secondary assist. The primary assist came on Mackenzie Weger's goal, which his first goal of the postseason, and it was right off a faceoff, I believe. Right? Yes, it was right off yeah. a faceoff where Mackenzie Weger and the second time in this series that I could recall, Owen Tippett is near the net, and he has a screen. And Vasilevsky barely reacts to it. So Owen Tippett as well is another is another player that's causing some confusion for the opposition. So that's another player that I'm I've been really impressed with in this game. You know, and I think you and I talked about it last either after the last time that I was on or maybe the time before that the Panthers need to create traffic in front of Vasilevsky. They need to create some chaos. And when they do that, good things happen. And I, they have to keep that up. And I think they got to remember that. So um, it's worked out more than one time for them uh, in, in an effort to try and, you know, score to score some goals. Absolutely. And that was that was something that wasn't happening really at first. And that's what really caused the Florida Panthers to not get as many shots on goal and cause the lightning to clear the zone and then when they started getting those bodies in front of the net that's when that's when really it really started to happen like with Owen Tippett's screen Patrick Hornquist right in front of the net 
let's talk about the power play a little bit. Keith Yandel returns a lineup in this one, but he wasn't the main quarterback on the power play in this one. It was still a mix of doing all five forwards again while still putting Yandel in the lineup. So it, it's still it's still very thin the, that Yandel is just cracking this lineup, but he did give away the breakaway to Blake Coleman and Ross Colton. And there was another one that Chernock had an opportunity right in front of the net. And that was the one that that was one that was going to be reviewed and it was eventually called no goal. So when when it comes to when it comes to Keith Yandel, even though he re- returned to lineup, that's a little bit of the bad in, in this one. The the breakaway and then that opportunity by Chernak. And it, it's come to the point. It's come to the point where when when you go into the offseason, I know, I know, I know the Panthers aren't eliminated, and, and I know there's still an offseason to talk about Yandel's future, but seeing more and more the constant mistakes, it's just like how like how how are you going to bring this guy back next season? How if they do? I don't know. I mean the, the 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 first blunder early in the first period, and then that second scoring chance that uh, he caused because he couldn't clear the puck. I mean, I think he had two or three chances, and he just is not making very good decisions. Having said that, you know he's got this no movement clause. He's got to waive that. And on top of that, I think he has a limited number of teams that he can be traded to. But the fact of the matter is, is they have to take a hard stance and say, look, we're not going to play you. So you need to waive your no move clause and we'll we'll do our best to to, to put a deal together. And I don't care if we get back uh, duct tape. We just we need to get rid of him because he's not helping. He's not helping. He's hurting more than he's helping. Yeah, and it wasn't a surprise that Marcus Nudavaro was, was scratching this one after two not-so-good games in Tampa, but I, I think of – I mean, Coach Q is still kind of sending a message with not putting him as the main as the main quarterback on the power play. So I can give Q a little bit of credit on that, that he's not – he what Coach Q is not doing is – the pure definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Coach Q, though he put Yandel back in the lineup, he's still reducing his role. I think he had uh, just three minutes of ice time after the first period. So yeah, there was no way that Keith Yandel was going to dominate any type of ice time in this one. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. The NBA and the NHL are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins. Get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
use the promo code locked on. Let's go to Spencer Knight, who made who I could recall two major saves that really saved this one. The first one was well, before we get to that, the rebound control of Spencer Knight was just outstanding in this one. Something that we really haven't seen with Drieger and Bobrovsky, especially Bobrovsky, who was scratching this one. The $10 million goalie was scratched in this one completely. And then the the second one was on Nikita Kucherov shortly after the Tampa Bay Lightning brought the extra skater on and Kucherov was wide open, had a wide open net and quickly Spencer Knight goes to his left and makes the kick save to, to pretty much save the game. Well, not save the game, but it prevents it from being a one goal lead in that one. What, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, I, I think one of them that you might've been talking about was where he slid across and he made a, uh, the sprawling save where he kind of like uh, dove out a little bit to make a save. It looked like yeah, that was clutch. Um, that was a huge, huge save. And then the same thing, you know, with the kick save on Kucherov. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think on either of the other two goaltenders that we have, uh, those are goals. And um, just a big game from him. And again, his confidence is just oozing. And I think the good thing about that is, is that that rubs off on the rest of the players. They're like, wow, this guy's making saves. He's keeping us in the game. That's what the Panthers have needed in this series. They've needed a big save here and there. And, you know, Tampa has a superpower, high-powered offense, and he he answered the gun every single time tonight. So kudos to him, man. Yeah, and that first save the, off the deflection was Maroon right in front of the net. Didn't mention the, the name, but it was Pat Maroon in that one. But I, I think of... I think of when Spencer Knight was like kept smiling under that mask every time he made a save and you, and you, and you said it best about how it it flows through a locker room. And I think of, I think of a player or human beings vibe. I think of it, how that spreads the, just like how negativity spread can spread in a locker room. Positivity can also spread in locker room. And if you're consistently upbeat and you're playing well, then that's going to motivate the rest of the locker room to just be so motivated. And the Florida Panthers, they have quite a bit of momentum going into game six after purely dominating after just the, like I said, the 53 second mark of this game. And it could really carry over when we get to game six in Tampa. It sure can. And all these guys, they believe in each other. I mean, we've heard their attitude from, you know, game one, they believe in each other. They've got confidence. Um, I don't think they've been timid at all. And I do believe that they think that they can beat Tampa. And with that kind of confidence and playing that the way that they played and to have come back against what could have been a re- – this game could have been a real disaster after that first goal. They could have folded. They could have, you know, started uh, playing very nervously. But – they didn't. They kept coming and they kept fighting and they kept attacking. Once they tied it up, I think they felt the momentum swing completely uh, to their side and they didn't stop. What I was afraid of was that they'd kind of go into a defensive shell in the third period, but they didn't do that either. And that was nice to see. 
Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the crowd impact. With it being a 75% capacity, the and regardless of whether people think they the Panthers should or should not have the 75% capacity, with with that 14,000-ish crowd, the Panthers really felt that that energy from them. And let's talk about the video to pump up the crowd right before the game. It w- it was for for those who are not on Twitter and didn't watch the game and were didn't watch the game in person. Aaron Ekblad, defenseman, former number 1 overall pick from the 2014 entry draft, did the pump up video for the Florida Panthers and I and I also think along with the 14k crowd, the fact that Aaron Ekblad had that quote of he knows that the what the fight that these guys have in the locker room i think that was that really sparked the energy into the crowd and into the players as well perfectly done and the perfect player to send that message i mean kudos to the panthers for doing that definitely pumped up the crowd i think you're right it pumped up the team as well you know he's behind them 100 i'm sure he wishes you know that he could be out there and the longer this thing goes anything is possible i guess i mean i don't know if they would expect him back if it's a deep deep run into the postseason but just knowing that he's there he's supporting and he's got the same attitude as the rest of the team you know you need that kind of support uh from your your top player and they do miss him on defense they do miss him his play his his role it's it's definitely needed but i think he gave as good of a support as tonight as he could have given and just at the at the right time absolutely and even if the florida panthers were to advance i don't think there is a chance that he plays in a round two based on the severity of the injury no. but as mm-hmm. as he's cheering the team on and that might not be the last time, even if the Florida Panthers advance, that he could be there to pump up the crowd because that matters, especially when a, a player of his his importance with with that. Then definitely, I I I I say Florida Panthers. If, if there are any more home games, put put him back up, put yes. him back on there because absolutely he he is a big face on this team. So. The Florida Panthers, they forced the game six. They live to see another day. And they they have an opportunity to go into a place that they've won three times this year to force possibly a game seven. And the best part about it, if there is one, it's back in our building. So you just got to get one more. Yeah, and, you know, I think tonight was the first game in this series where the team that scored first didn't win. So mm-hmm, that's out the window. Um, but I do think that going into Tampa, the Panthers need to score the first goal. Just, you know, with the dumb penalties, don't fall into the, the hands of Tampa trying to goad you into anything stupid. Just play smart hockey, stay out of the penalty box, and just play exactly the way you played tonight. And I think if they can do that, uh, we're going to see a game seven back in Sunrise, Florida, and anything can happen. 
in a game seven. It, I think it's going to, it can go one way or the other, but at that point, all the momentum is going to be on the Panthers side. And it's very difficult to defend the Stanley cup. Everybody wants it. So things are going to get a little tougher each time somebody beats you. And, uh, this is no walk in the park for Tampa. If they thought it was going to be a walk in the park, I think they're finally finding out that, you know what, this isn't the same old Panthers team that we're used to seeing. Absolutely. And they have that opportunity to, to do it. And you, it's a, from here on out, it's a one game season. And that's, the, that's what it was tonight, a one game season. Game six is a one-game season now, and after that, you go from there. But, Frank, I want to thank you so much for coming on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast to break down this 4-1 to win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, <laughs> the, the Panthers have heard you a lot on this show. You're, you're pretty much welcome anytime on the podcast. You just Honestly, if you just message me saying, hey, I want to come on, uh, it, okay. It's 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 all it's all yours unless I have another guest. <laughs> well, thank thanks for having me. Uh, maybe I can be a bit of a good luck charm here. I don't know, but uh, it's always enjoyable to do this when I have the time. So, um, thanks again for having me on. I you know I, I enjoy doing this stuff. Thank you so much, Frank. All right, have a great have a great day, everybody. And thank you once again to Frank Ricas, the owner and operator of PantherParkway.com, for. Joining me on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast to break down this 4-1 to victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And there's a few quotes that I want to share with you guys about what the Florida Panthers players are saying after this victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Spencer Knight said something after the game where he said, quote, honestly, when the game was over, it was pretty cool. To me, I have the same satisfaction of winning a playoff game as a regular season game. It's not about what moment you're in. It's about the accomplishment you had as a team. He talked about the first goal, and he said, quote, once, we, once one went in, you just kind of reset and go. Well, this is how it's going to go. You can't do anything to change it. Let's play now. That's how it was. And then he, Spencer Knight talked a little bit about the crowd, and he said, you don't play to the crowd. You play for them. This guy gets it. That's the most important thing about all of it. He gets it. He's even keeled. The moment is never too big for them. And there was, and this is a 20-year-old kid. He is a kid. Let's not forget that. He just turned 20 years old on April 19th of this year. And he he's just in the great mindset. The Florida Panthers have momentum. and. The, the rest of the team talked about it, too. Alexander Barkov spoke to the media after the game, and he said, quote, he won the game for us. Great goalie, great human being. He's probably at the gym right now working, getting better, and that's contagious. That's awesome, and we have a guy like him in our organization. The energy, like Frank and I talked about in this episode, it's spreading through the locker room. The Panthers have confidence, and they're going into a game six with an opportunity to bring it back home for game seven, where if a game seven is anything like this crowd was in game five, then we can really be in for a special one. But first we gotta get win game six first. We can't get to game seven until game six. Like I said, 
it's a one game season each and every time the florida panthers hit the ice now in every game so if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts so you know when the locked on florida panthers drops in your podcast feed make sure to also subscribe to the locked on nhl show where they will be breaking down everything national hockey league and also the cross check nhl show with andrew berkshire and mary clark and also when you're done listening to this episode of locked on panthers make sure to tune in to the locked on today podcast the milwaukee bucks left nothing to question on monday night get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or ever you get podcasts so i'm Armando velez signing off and you've been listening to locked on florida panthers podcast part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day